and welcome to the Nostalgia Podcast. A podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen through a queer and feminist lens. My name is Eric Lefebvre. And my name is Jessica Tercero. And this week, we are so hip with new OMG. releases. We watched The Batman. We know, and longtime listeners will know, that this is your favorite fictional character Obsessed of all with time. Them. Yeah. Yes. Um, famously, Batman is silly. I personally do not really like Batman. <laughs> um, I, I just don't like, I think his character is boring, and I think his character is like prototypical, straight white male, privileged trash boy but some of the batman movies i actually really enjoy so i'm excited to talk about it and i know that at least here we're dwindling it down to two there are so many and to talk about like a retelling or a reboot how many times has batman as an ip been taken and redone taken and redone taken and redone i mean so much and adapted from like comics to television and there's books and there's a plethora of movies and batmen to choose from so it's like it's really overwhelming but here we are and um i think this is gonna how we're going to approach just this stuff in general when there's like 800 versions of this yeah so for this one we decided to do batman returns and the batman um, because the batman is the most recent it's 2022 we're, we're and they pulling both have just Catwoman from and, and we're Cat, Catwoman and Penguin. So that's really the pull is like, it's the most recent one. Okay, what is the older one that had literally the same two villains? Cool. It was either going to be Batman Returns or Batman Forever with the Jim <sighs> Carrey Riddler. So I, <laughs> oh, eventually, <laughs> eventually I do want to do, I think we made the right call with Catwoman because Michelle Pfeiffer is iconic it yes. is a goofy little movie, but I think it works in juxtaposition, especially because we're going to kind of go in on Catwoman. Yeah. Um, I think we made the right choice. Um, I do too. We do not have all the time in the world to literally cover this. We're not going to be a Batman-centric podcast, unfortunately. Um, Unfortunately. But just know that we did think about it, and it is not for no reason. We were intentful. Yeah. We were intentional uh, in our choices. So Jess, what is your history with Batman as an idea or this movie, these movies in general? So I always liked Batman. I like I know that I I can't pinpoint when I first knew of Batman because like I feel like by the time that I was birthed, obviously there was like just an already insane amount of Batman and Batman, Superman, all of that. Right. Like it's just you're born and it's like in the collective conscious But, like, I remember playing the Batman game on Sega Genesis, and that was fun and also frustrating because it was a little bit buggy, but I still really do like that game. Um, I haven't gone back to it, so maybe not anymore, but whatever. Um, And then the Batman cartoon, Batman the Animated Series, was pivotal for me. That's when I was like, oh, I'm a Batman fan. This is really good. And um, we got so many, like, you know, uh, Harley Quinn was birthed from there, which, like, we love and uh, so great and so cool. Also, just always loved Poison Ivy. Always, always, always loved that. Loved. Uh, I basically loved all of the movies seeing them because they were just so fun and so wacky and silly. And I was not very um, critical <laughs> about Batman 
and what he does and what he represents and everything now. But I was also like, wow, all these women are really hot. And I think that just me as a young woman who didn't understand these feelings was like, wow, Poison Ivy. Oof. I mean, Uma Thurman as Poison My Ivy. God, like so, that, I love that movie That movie so is much. so gay and so hot. Like It's so good. It's so good. Um, wait, because it is directed by... Stop. Well, this this is good because this actually dips right into my history with Batman as an idea. Joel Schumacher. That's right. Famous gay Joel Schumacher. Um, really? He did that? Yeah. Yes. Oh, well, that makes he, so much sense. He oh, my directed, God. He directed Batman and Robin. So, yes. Uh, I also, he directed Phantom of the Opera, um, the the one that we're going to talk about later. So. The- uh, on a future episode. On a future Ooh. episode. Um, but yeah, so my history with it, as we just went over, I thought Batman Forever and Batman and Robin were the same film. I do have to go back and rewatch it because <laughs> to me, I did not realize Val Kimmer and George Clooney were different people. Same. Um, so that was my history with Batman in general. Obviously, I saw all of the Christopher Nolan movies as it came out. Begins, Dark Knight, and what is it? Dark Knight Rises? I mean, yeah, there's three of them. There's three, Dark the Knight, Dark Knight Rises. The... I saw those, and I thought it was cool. I was never, like, a huge diehard Batman fan, and the older I got, and the more time I, like, critiqued it, the less I liked Batman as an idea and as an IP. But generally, that's my history with it. It started in the 90s as a kid with these movies. I've never read the comics. I know very little about the subset canons of Batman uh, and the lore of Batman. I'm I'm ignorant to all of that. I simply know Gay Schumacher Batman, Val Kilmer Batman, Nolan Batman, and now what's his name? <gasps> um, Robert Pattinson. Pattinson Robert Batman. Pattinson. Oh my God, Jesus. <laughs> um, how do you feel about jumping into Batman Returns? You know, it's not forever, and it's not Batman and Robin, but it's... it is very good. And I'm ready. Yeah, let's do it. The day, Christmas. The place, Gotham. Behind closed doors, rich daddy Max Shrek, not that Shrek, tries to convince Gotham City Mayor to fund the construction of a new, unnecessary power plant while bullying his new secretary, Selina Kyle. The mayor refuses, and the two leave to host the local Christmas tree lighting, which quickly erupts into chaos as the Red Triangle gang ruins the ceremony and abducts Mr. Shrek. Shrek is taken to the Penguin's lair and is blackmailed into helping Penguin heroically re-enter society. Exhausted after a long day of plotting, Shrek goes back to the office to find Selina rifling through his secret power plant documents detailing Shrek's plan to use the power plant to siphon off Gotham's energy instead of providing it. Whoops! Shrek throws Selina out the window of his very tall building, and she's presumably dead. Just kidding, the neighborhood cat saved Selina and give her a new life as Catwoman. As planned, the Penguin re-enters society and goes on a performative, press-filled journey to rediscover his roots, while Shrek begins planning Penguin's mayoral campaign. Penguin has the Red Triangle Gang terrorize the town, and Batman slash Catwoman want each other, but also hate each other. 
Catwoman allies with Penguin to frame Batman for murder, but their plan is thwarted when Batman plays an audio clip of Penguin disparaging the city. Penguin angrily retreats back to his sewer lair, swearing revenge. A little while later, Bruce and Selina meet back at Shrek's holiday party where they realize each other's secret identities, but before anything can be resolved, the Penguin shows up and abducts Shrek again and promises to kill all the firstborn sons of Gotham. Before its plan can be carried out by literal penguins with rockets strapped to their backs, Batman <laughs> saves the day. Subsequently, Penguin is then killed. Selina kills Shrek with an electrifying kiss, and Batman goes home. He just fucking goes home. Like, he just goes home. Also, yeah. okay, so a few things about this right off the bat. Um, one, I love how little Batman is in this movie. It is basically a villain movie, and it is so good because of that. Go ahead. That's one of my biggest notes is like, oh, wait, is Batman in this? Like, he's literally barely there. Yeah. And it's so great because, like, Michelle Pfeiffer is so fucking good as Catwoman. Like, I haven't gone back and watched this probably, like, in a really long time. And the movie that was always on, the Batman movie that was always on, was Batman and Robin, the one with Poison Ivy. So I was like, great. So I haven't seen this one a lot. So going back and not remembering shit about this movie was incredible because holy shit yeah like i mean same so i i don't think i've seen it from start to finish um i've seen clips obviously the catwoman stuff i'm obsessed with some of the penguin stuff i i'd seen and was familiar with but as a whole i don't think like i have watched the whole thing from start to finish um it is a weird little messy goof goofy little movie yeah and it's so zany and i love it's, that about it it is the most unpretentious cartoonish story for batman at least like i mean granted it is yeah. a Burton movie so it is this gonna is be probably a... one of his better works yeah so it is gonna be like silly and full of nonsense and i it's just but not weird angles like normal like right like that there was were, there was some good there, there was, was some, some good, like, but not the like the sweeney Penguin. todd no like that's true. I, I mean, maybe like we weren't full tilt at that point. Like we were just like starting yeah. to get there. Okay. I mean, I just like how on the nose most of it is too, especially like it is 1992. Like I do understand that. So a lot of my perspective of like tropes are, are coming from like the last 30 years. Right. But yes. granted, I will say like the moment when Catwoman turns and she's in her apartment and just spray painting shit black Oh, like this pink apartment she's like fuck it it's black now it's like that is so stupid and i'm really into it like it's yeah. so funny just like oh yeah i'm gonna be bad now pussy goes grr <laughs> you're like damn yeah this is so dumb but like yeah like it's i'm so into sick this. she like, like has cool. the, the sign that says hello there and the first thing that she does is she like breaks two of the letters so it says hell here and i'm like i'm into this vibe this is so wild Amazing. and so silly yeah. and so zany and the one-liners in this were like pretty Iconic. were like fucking on point like her coming home the first time and being like honey i'm home oh i forgot i'm not married and then her when she dies and comes back and she says the exact same thing but like in a drawled out like honey i'm home oh wait i'm not married like she does it every time it's a part of the thing and it's so cute and so fun and like to me this movie is so much more catwoman than anybody than like anything. I, I literally could have done less although robert um robert de niro whoa 
uh, Danny DeVito is <laughs> great as the okay. penguin. He does such a good job. Yeah. He looks cool. He's amazing. Love Danny DeVito. Truly give me a give me this catwoman. Give spend the whole entire time with her and I'm into it. Like Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Look, I know that's not really an original thought. Like that's people are like obsessed with this performance and her in it. Um, but this being my first full pass through it, I'm like, I get it and I agree with you. She's amazing. She is the movie. Like everything she's, else, she's like is just kind of like happening and you're like, okay, whatever, but like let's get back to Let's get back to her. I don't care about Shrek. I mean, like, again, Penguin, like, looks cool or whatever. But, like, he's a weird incel boy, which <sighs> his characterization, like, his character is great and fun and everything. If they would have toned it down on the, like, just the pussy I was waiting for or, like, the. <laughs> See, I love and... that. I'm obsessed with that kind of one-liner shit, especially. Okay, that... okay. That one-liner was good, but, like, every other woman that he sees, he's just, like, literally coming in his pants just looking at them. And He's, like, like, looking down at their tits, like, oh, fuck. And, like, like, yeah, okay. Oh, here's a button. And, like, blah, 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 blah. Like, there's obviously nothing consensual about this. And he's just, like, so gross about it. Like, absolutely gross about it. To, like, he, like, then there's, like, the conversation of, like, his like his rich parents like not wanting a disabled child uh, or like the you know the way he looks so they like yeah. throw him away but like oh well of course he's gonna be like that like I don't know like I I I don't love some of that <laughs> yeah I mean I it's true but here's here the and the, I, I'm gonna have the same exact resounding take for the next one as well I think what Batman is really good at and always, 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 always the best villains are never like wrong, right? There are levels to all of these villains that are like, no, I, I get why you're angry. I get why you're doing this. Like Catwoman. Let's look at Catwoman. She is this like abused secretary who everybody disregards. She is like objectified by all the men. She is, she is the lowest on the totem pole. She has no outlet to like, just exist and be and be seen as a person like to her mom she's doing the wrong thing to all of her bosses she's nothing she's Mm -hmm. an object for sex and for cheap labor and so you see all of this happen she ends up getting killed by her boss thrown out the window and then when she's for um, trying to do a good job for trying to do a good job and then when she's resurrected by cats which we're into um oh my god (laughs) uh it just i literally like the cats crossover we needed um (gasps) magical cats like it's the opening scene like of uh cats when they're all in the alley i've Um, never seen cats uh, it's really a mess and bad and fun and like gay (laughs) it's weird it's a lot but um then she goes home and it's this moment of transformation where she's like doing everything and the one thing that like sets her off is that perfume ad like there's yes. a perfume ad on TV where it says like, what is it? One whiff of this and your boss will be. Oh, asking it's a this. it's a voicemail that's left it's a voicemail. Um, on her. Um, yeah. On her message. Yes. Oh yes. Yes. God. Yes. It was like a telemarketer. Yeah. So it was like her mom and then her mom again. The third one is a telemarketer saying. Like, Telling her how to be a woman and saying like, you're not going to be a woman unless you have this. And the ultimate goal of this perfume is to get your boss to want to fuck you. To get your boss to want to keep you after work so he can fuck you is like the goal um Mm -hmm. and you should buy this and it's that moment that she like turns to it she's drinking milk and 
obsessed, like kitty cat meow meow, <laughs> drinking milk, it's going everywhere. She's listening to this. She stops and she looks at the machine, screams and throws her milk at the answering machine. <laughs> this is the catalyst for like the reinvention sequence of like um, Joan Jett fucking, I don't get it. Like, I mean, yes. granted, I wish that was a part of it. That's not going to be a Tim Burton movie, but we can hope. But it's okay. Um, spray painting black. She's literally spray painting her dollhouse furniture black. She like, <laughs> like stabs <laughs> her stuffed animals. And yeah. I was just like so obsessed. It's just like the most, everything in this place is like feminine and pink and like soft and like what would be considered femme or girly. And she's just like taking a literal ax to it, like destroying everything, paint it black, burn it down. I'm not her. I'm not the girl. I'm not the expected woman of this society. I will show you what femininity is. I'll show you what it can be. And I'll show you how to treat women. And she um, like, cause she tried like to do and to be everything that they told her to be right. She, her walls were pink. Like you said, it kind of reminded me of like a nineties live, laugh, love kind of said like, hello, yeah. how are you? Right. Like, um, like there's stuffed animals. There's this, you're going back to the, like to the office right but she's this whole time very cognizant about how she's being treated and about how she deserves better and like everybody's just laughing at her and the line that she before she's killed says to shrek where she's like bully me if it makes you feel big like she's so aware right and all that does is just get her killed and then she comes back and she's like well now you're in my world, right? And she just does not care. And the shift, right, where you, when you are, like, trying to be what people want you to be and what they expect you to be, how, like, you're just bullied and you're just, like, there, you're objectified, the whole thing, right? And then as Catwoman, she's so much more confident. Or, like, as Selena post death she is so much more confident she's like carrying herself totally different she has no like reservations about how she wants to interact with everybody or what she wants to do she just does what she wants and that makes her way fucking hotter uh she wears what she wants she like i i am 100 with you because also it's just you see the transformation you see her you see her own it and she even verbalizes it a couple times like the I don't know about you, Miss Kitty, but I feel a whole lot yummier. Or like I feel so much yummier. Yeah. Like it's it's the embrace of like sexy. It's the embrace of confidence. The embrace, it's like her it's feminine the em- power, right? Yes. Of her femininity. The, it's a, her femininity under her control, out of the expectation of what is expected of her by her society. But right? not the pink washing that like society tells her. So it's her rejecting that and actually embracing true femininity and what this yeah. is to her. And what, it, and what it means to her exactly. Yeah. And so I just I like that it's like we get those little moments where she literally is just like, I'm fucking hot and I'm finally here. Yes. And even before she gets killed, there is like a couple moments, one in particular where like you see her kind of like shutting it off. You shut it like shutting off the part of her that like wants to do it. When the clowns are out in the streets, she ends up getting that taser. The guy's passed out and she like tases him while he's like, whatever. So there's like a, there's like a little bit of a darkness that she has that she's like, Oh, I can't express this. Okay. Maybe a little bit. Oh, that was so joy. Like, uh, and I mean, granted, like, don't do that but like also go off girl like do do whatever you need to (laughs) uh and it's just cool to see because it's like you get these glimpses of her really trying to like not shine or shine in the way that she's expected to shine with Mm -hmm. the expectation of who men want her to be for them 
And then she has so many good lines, like the life's a bitch, now so am I. Like, I want yeah. that tattooed. Thank you. Yeah. Um, the part that made me laugh so fucking hard when she literally gives herself a fucking cat bath on Penguin's bed. Oh, my bed. God. <laughs> it's so she's, silly. Like, when she's Catwoman, she's dripping sex, right? Because yeah. this is what she, like, she she wants to fuck, but she doesn't want to fuck Penguin. But she will absolutely use that to her advantage, 100%. So she goes over to his place, and she's just like, hey, I need your help. I'm going to give myself a cat bath. And she just starts, like, licking her fucking... I was just like, oh, my God. Is this the moment for me? Is this my moment? <laughs> It's so silly. And like, it was a little too on the nose, but it's fine. Like when she puts his bird in her mouth and then he implies that he's going to eat her pussy. And then they both yep. kind of like get rid of the notion. I was just like, okay. That was, I mean, yeah, exactly. Will I take it because this movie is like, like a cartoon wonderland and it's silly and bombastic. And that's the point. Yes. But when that was happening, I was a little like, what? Like, not that, like, that's taking me out of this. Because, like, <laughs> this world is so chaotic and messy and weird. Like, mm-hmm. am I even in it? Like, it was it was a little bit of, like, a, what? Okay. <laughs> I just had this thought. Like, so cats in general, for some fucking reason, are always adjacent to, like, sexiness or whatever, right? And I wonder oh, well, if part cats, of that it's, is... It's because cats are girls and dogs are boys. Uh, right, sure, of course. <laughs> um, thank you. But like, I part of me wonders if some of that was like created or manufactured by like films like this, where like literally they just use the fact that there's a cat there to say pussy as yeah. much as like literally possible, right? Yes. Just to be grotesque, just because they can. And they can get yeah. away with it, right? It's, it's just, <laughs> like this it's, is a this is a movie that kids watch, and they're listening to you say "pussy" over and over again. Yeah, it's symbolic sexuality, and that's all it is. It's like the lucky cat, the elusive pussy. Like that's the deal, and it's supposed to make people think of sexuality and women and pussy. <laughs> like that's literally all it is. That's the, that's the point of it, and it's it's silly. I get why people do it. Um, sometimes it works really well and I do love that word and I love the implication of it. And I like when it's done well. Um, sometimes it's just, okay. Like, Oh, it's a pussy joke. Cool. Like I get it. Great. Congrats. And in this one, there was, there was some that it was like, Oh oh, yeah. Like I'm buying all of it. And some of it was uh, subpar. So it's, I mean, (laughs) some of it hits, some of it doesn't. And then that's also just me. So I felt the same way. There were certain times where I was yeah. like, oh, shit, that was really good. And sometimes it's like, okay, really? Like, yeah. all right, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I get it. We get it. We get it. Yeah. Um, I did love when uh, Catwoman, speaking of like more phrases in the, in the movie, uh, when Catwoman goes to the shop, she breaks in and the security guards are like going to draw their weapons. And she's like, poor guys always confusing your pistols with your privates. Yes, that's one of the best lines, too. It's so oh my good. God, and then so they're like, geez, lady, uh, our take home is only 300. She's like, you're overpaid. <laughs> like, yeah, they're like, these cops. we're not paid enough. And you're, and she's like, fuck you. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, because even like, oh, we're, we're not paid well. And she's like, you're overpaid. Bullshit mm-hmm. cops. Fuck you. And you're like, yeah. Catwoman <laughs> you're is anti-cop. Sick. Yeah, she's so cool. Uh, she's she's I mean she again she is this movie 
I know Michael Keaton is here. Um, okay, but like he does not uh, exist outside of Catwoman in this. Like no, literally no. every scene was like with Catwoman basically, right? And yeah, like he's literally in it for five minutes. And those five minutes, all he wants to do is just fuck Catwoman. Like literally this woman was just murdered and he was just framed for it and everything. And Alfred is like, well, what are you going to do tonight? And he's like... I think I'm going to go to a party because I think Selena's going to be there. And I'm like, yeah. okay, cool. Like, and that party too was so fun because like there was just so much like sexual tension between the two of them, like whenever they were on screen and then they're at the party, they're dancing and she brings out a gun and he's just like, kind of like, oh, well maybe let's think about that. She's like, well, <laughs> and she's like being silly with it. But then they both say the line to each other. I forget what it is, but they say um, the line to each other. I think it's like about death or something. And they realize, oh shit, oh shit, you're, you're Catwoman, you're Batman, you're oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And like, there's this moment where they're like, okay, we really want to fuck, but like, and they're just like, <laughs> do we do we have to fight now? Like, do we yeah. have to? Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Her pulling on that pistol was so odd because again, she's a civilian in this. Like, she's Selena Kyle, she's not Catwoman in this space. But suddenly she's like, I brought a gun and I'm going to kill him. He's like, who are you? <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, you're just the hot girl who we were like hanging out like, what are you doing? <laughs> and she just laughs it's, it off. And yeah. she's like, oh, I mean. <laughs> she's so, it's like so goofy and so funny. Also, the way that she burns Batman when she like talks to him where she says like every woman you try to save ends up dead or resentful. I really like that line because like it's so true, right? Yeah. She like hits it right on the head. And then the the kiss, the way that she kills her boss at the end of the uh, like fucking Talk about obsessed. using sexuality. So fucking cool. Like literally. So cool. Oh, oh, I was yeah. so obsessed. Where he's like literally shooting her and knocking off life after life. And then the it's out of bullets. And then she like rips the electrical cord and like holds it in between and kisses it into his mouth on the like high voltage box. And like, it's just excellent. It was so sick. It's so, so good. Yeah. God, um, she is this movie. She she really is. There, I mean, Penguin, yes. And okay, here's where I wanted to get back to. I wanted to get back to um, well-written villains, right? So like the best villains are written in a way to where it's like you can empathize with them in a very real way. It's not just like, oh, this like bad person who just wants to be bad. It's like, no, they're reacting to something very specific and something that is real. Like, are they a little misguided and are they a little bit obtuse in the notion that like more innocent people will be harmed in the same way that they were harmed? Sure. But the the fear and the anger is what's hazing over that reality and allowing them to push forward. And so like, I don't want to give the penguin that much credit here, but um, that level of being disregarded because of a uh, uh, physicality, like he was this disabled baby and his parents were like, you're a literal piece of trash, go away. And so mm -hmm. he grew up in the sewers. And so his whole thing is, is like, I, <laughs> I also like that he is, I, he's like, I know everything because of all the shit that you sweep under the rug. He's like, I live under the rug. I'm I'm down here. I'm the one who gets all of that. Like, you think I don't know? I know everything. Like, everything that you don't want people to know, I know. Because I'm the fucking guy who lives in the trash where you throw away all that information. And you're like, that's so cool. Because to him, yeah. he's talking about the just the understanding that, like, 
and it's it's one of my like biggest like positives about the next one too with the Riddler, where there is that level of like, it's just well written villains, and this so, one it's less real because it is a little bit more cartoonish, but I still think it's it's. I, I like when I can empathize. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really interesting. Like certain parts of this, I'm like, yes, I love this. Let's have this conversation. Let's talk about this. Like when he says, I just want respect and recognition of my basic humanity. I want to find my family and learn my human name, like simple stuff that people take for granted. Like like that that makes sense. And I think that's a very real line. But like the way that this is posed is like comedy, right? Like we're supposed exactly. to laugh at that and at him in the same way that we're also supposed to like Catwoman is empowered and sexually empowered so she is vilified and there is no space for her and she is bad right so exactly. like the in that same way here like this is kind of played for laughs and you can't take him seriously because he literally is a clown right like literally and his whole gang is clowns and then they talk about like child napping and stuff that he does like they don't really go into that but like he um had to leave the circus because um he just kept stealing babies um so that's the part that I don't empathize with yeah. <laughs> is because there is the conversation that is very casually like, well, but that's, oh, he's a pedophile. Cool. But that's what they Got had to it. do. Right. And I think this is really, really true of movies of this time. And, you know, where you have a, a compelling villain, right, that is saying something real. But we need to make sure that you don't like this person, that you don't sympathize with them because they're bad. Right. What's bad? Pedophilia. What's bad? Um uh just being uh, an overall creep right to to women and which, and trying to like so like so those things i feel were imposed on penguin without those i would have been like yeah fuck yeah like of course he's going to be weird and awkward of course he's going to not really know how to like exist in this space well, right of course oh, like oh, that's the hardest part is because they're well-written villains and again it is exactly what you were saying about like they're imposing these like grotesque awful stuff on top of like the empathetic stuff the real stuff where we're like oh yeah i get why you're mad and oftentimes these like outside elements of these characters that we can see as like humane get lumped into these even worse stuff so it's like the penguin he was a dis he was a baby with a disability and his parents hated that so they threw him away but suddenly this like this person with a disability who wants to find the humanity in themselves in a way that the world has is like pulled from them at every turn is suddenly like we're like yes the struggle we get it and then suddenly they're like no, no you're, you're also a pedophile and it's like ooh. so now we're lumping all of this together with this other thing and i feel like oftentimes with villains that that is what happens to to reinstill the fact that like no you're not supposed to like them you're not supposed to and i think it just comes down to like if you give people enough of an incentive for like the anti-establishment conversation, because a lot of this too, and again, in the next one, we talk about the, like the establishment and the wrongdoing of like the justice system and the corruptness of systemic institutions that run the society that we currently exist in. Um, as long as like you give people enough of a reason to be like, Oh, well they have a point, but they're also X, Y, or Z that's kind of where the thought ends because like, well, I don't want to be that other thing. Right? Yeah. And I feel like putting these things and these like really gross, atrocious things onto penguin was kind of like when 
at the end of this like movie, like these two characters that are obviously gay end up having girlfriends, right? Or like end up like kissing a woman. So we know, oh wait, but yeah. they're not gay. Like, yeah. right? Like it's it's that kind of messaging to me because like yeah. I get him wanting to kill the babies, right? I get that when society rejects him and he's like, well, you wanted to kill me. Uh, so I'm just going to kill everybody, right? Yeah. Like, you you don't love me. And again, this is something that kill, feels kind of incelly to me, right? Like, yeah. Because um, then there's also the line that he says, like, where he's like, no, you're not allowed to say no. I, like, I, uh, you sent out all the signals. I, like, whatever. I don't like you anymore. I'm going to destroy you. Like, you know, there's that whole exchange with Catwoman. So I get that. And I, I get, like, maybe the reason that they tried to, like, put those things onto him is because he's paired with Catwoman, who literally is sexuality. So they thought that that would be a fun exchange. But it really wasn't a fun exchange. It was really gross and really sad. And um, I think that that just really degraded his character, which I think yeah. is, outside of those things, a very fucking cool character. Yeah. And the, I mean, the more I think about it, yes, 100% too. Also, I love Catwoman, but she's literally vilified female sexuality. Like, yeah, 100%. That's, that's all it is. Her character is female empowerment and female empowered sexuality. And that's and that bad. is like, that's why she's a villain. <laughs> and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, interesting. Because, like, what else does she really do? Like, sure, yeah. she doesn't like Batman. And sure, she wants to kill Shrek, but she wants to kill the person good that reason. killed her you know and that like tried to like s- sexually objectify like i don't understand what's wrong about that right but again yeah. we're we're presenting these things and these ideals as wrong and inherently bad like and so for me like these villains it's like yes female empowerment is bad oh well if the if you're disabled then you're probably gr- like that's like you probably have all these weird things about you right if you look like and that's the thing that i don't like is it's like penguin looks different and so we're now reinstilling the like, well, the whole media in this movie is like coming up to him and being like, great, we embrace you. Let's like, you know, how are you? Let's talk. Let's 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 make you a public figure. Mayor. Sure. Why not? Let's do this. Like, we're so happy that you're here and that you're alive and that you survived. And all he wants to do is just try to fuck the people that are around him. And like, li- he literally bit somebody's neck like these kind of things. I'm like. I don't I mean, know. I'm obsessed with that though. <laughs> Where he's like eating the fish, walking down the stairs, and he's like, Mayor? Me? Sure. That, <laughs> they're like talking to him. And he's like, that obsessed He like bites with. the yes. nose. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> but again, to your point, it's it, that, that the moments of that oversize the point. I 100% agree with the point you're trying to make. It is silly, and it is also just like a weird way to vilify these things, right? It's just. Uh, is goofy. Yeah. I do like that he uh he died because he accidentally picked the wrong umbrella. <laughs> that Amazing. he's like, damn oh, it, I picked, I picked a fun a one. one. A cute one. Uh, yes. Like Death by Cute. Oh my god. So I'm so cute. It's so funny. It's it was just like <laughs> and there were there were great moments like this where it's like, oh fuck, I, I got the god damn it. Okay, I'm dead. <laughs> and you're like, yes. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um what was I gonna say? Oh, so Maybe you know more about her lore, but Selena Kyle, Catwoman is always supposed to be like kind of hero, kind of villain, right? Like, yeah, she's and- always teetering the line because she's never really for the people. She's never re- like she is of the mind that like society is inherently bad. And what have they done for me but subjugate me and vilify me as a woman, right? So yes. fuck them. 
but the people I love and the people who are close to me matter and I'm going to help them and I'm going to help myself in a way that I haven't before. Like, is that Catwoman's ethos over all of the different Catwomen? Like, is that generally where she sits? I don't know a lot about Catwoman in the comics or anything, but my my general vibe and general view of of Catwoman is exactly what you said. It is like she again, she's just empowered and she's hot and she like her bad. She steals things because, of course, like, why not? Right. Like, which (laughs) Which we're all about. We're so on. We are all about. (laughs) But like, I do know that like in every iteration of Catwoman, like Batman is her person or like not her person, but there is like there's like. This, are like, they or are they not going to fuck is part of like yes. their whole vibe. Yes. Do Oh, my yeah. God. Did they? I feel like they got married in the comics. Hold on. Did they? See. Did Batman and Catwoman get married? Yeah, they did. So they, they finally did. And that was. Famous bisexual Catwoman. I know. Right. Uh, wow. Just recently. Oh, congrats. In March March uh 2022, they finally married uh, oh. and that was like the moment. Okay, congrats to them. Wow, is she like a good guy now? Is she empowered? Does well, she I kinda, cause... I kind of I kind of hope she stays cuz like to me a lot of these like heroes aren't even necessarily heroes. They're just upholding the status quo of shittiness but under the guise of like trying to get to the underbelly. And it's like, "No, you guys are essentially just like glorified cops." Like that's yeah. kind of all these heroes are. And so I love people like Catwoman because she is so like, no, fuck them too. Fuck both of you guys. Like everything's shitty. I'm going to figure out what I need for me and the people who need help really and earnestly. I'm not trying to prove anything to myself. I'm simply trying to survive and help my loved ones. Everyone else can go fuck themselves. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I love you. You're great. You're gorgeous. Like, perfect. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm I'm like you where I'm like, this is the Catwoman that I need. Yeah. Same. Which I'm, I mean, which is I, I'm happy we watched which this. Which we did get. I got it. to see. Yeah. We got that from her. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, do, you, do you have more to say on this one? Um, we love Christopher Walken as Shrek. Christopher uh, Walken. Not that great. one. Sorry, Danny. Donkey. Um, and then I love him. Also, I love that he just was like as a businessman was not just redeemable in any way, right? Like, yeah, um, he has the lines where he's like, "Oh, I'm a businessman. That doesn't make me a monster." But literally, every every opportunity that he is presented a chance to be bad and do say or say something bad, he does. So he's, there's yeah. never a moment where it's like, "Oh yeah, but this rich guy like is totally like on our side, or he's totally cool, right?" It's um, yeah. He's vilified in a way that is so indignant and specific to business and capitalism. It's good. Yeah. It's he he plays a great straight man villain. Yeah. I didn't even realize that Christopher Walken was in this. And I was like, I mean oh, me neither. Yeah. Okay, here we are. It had been that long since I'd seen this. Um but yeah, and I just I really liked how little of Batman there was in this. I <laughs> know, me too. <laughs> it was uh, so good. I like Michael Keaton a lot, but I didn't care about this Batman. I, okay, I have so much to say about the next one, about this. Okay. Yeah. I think Batman's stupid. And I think Batman as a boomer 40-year-old is stupid. It's like bad. I think it's a bad choice. I think it does not make any sense for Batman to be older than 25. Like, literally, it does not make any sense for Batman, as we know him, to be older than mid-20s at the latest. 
like give me an early 20s kid and suddenly all of his choices make sense for him oh, yes. okay yes okay um i'm gonna say that the for one? the next one because literally i i got opinions i got feelings yeah let's i, I have one. lots of opinions and feelings about the next one that okay. like okay let's do cool. it let's do it The day, Halloween. The city, Gotham. Behind closed doors, Gotham City Mayor is murdered by a man calling himself the Riddler for allegedly lying to his constituents. Lieutenant Gordon invites Batman to the crime scene to take a look at a set of coded messages that the Riddler left behind for him. The coded messages release photos of the mayor with a woman other than his wife, which leads to the Penguin-controlled club Iceberg Lounge. While attempting to shake down Penguin, Batman meets Selina Kyle and notices a detail linking her to the woman in the photos. He decides to follow her and learns the woman in the photos is Selena's girlfriend, Annika, who is being blackmailed by the mayor. The two team up to find answers, which leads Selena back to the Iceberg Lounge, where they learn basically everyone in a position of power is on Mobster Falcone's payroll, thanks to a tip from a secret informant, El Rata Alada. As the Riddler killings become more theatrical, he starts to gain a more loyal following, especially after he straps a bomb to the Attorney General and has him literally crash the late mayor's funeral. The bomb explodes, Batman is arrested, and subsequently breaks out, then captures the Penguin, who turns out not to be the informant, then heads to the orphanage at the Riddler's behest, where the Riddler reveals that Bruce's dad's program, Renewal, is just a big money laundering fund and simultaneously blows up Alfred. Naturally, Bruce has a bit of a breakdown. No worries, though. Alfred is okay, but the Wayne family legacy is not because it involves mental health issues and murder. Bruce can't even, but alas, he must because he is Batman. A bunch of heavy plot thickening stuff happens, which culminate in the arrest of the Riddler, the destruction of the seawalls, and subsequent flood. Riddler's murder disciples killing civilians, oh, and death. In the end, the city is worse than Batman found it, but the city still needs him or something. <laughs> we did it um yeah right off the bat i do want to say this movie this batman movie is unlike any other batman movie i've ever seen other any other like batman iteration that i've like really seen on screen before and i really liked it because oh. of that because it's a detective movie yeah it's batman being a detective and not just like I don't know, like it it was so different, especially with like the Nirvana song coming in and stuff. It's so much more dark, brooding, and like that's like the transition that we made in the eras, right? Where everything was a little bit zany in the nineties and then in like the two thousands it all turned to like everything is dark and blah blah blah. But to me it didn't feel like that. It just felt and maybe I liked it because it's so different than any other Batman that I've ever seen. Like it just Something about it was really refreshing. So I 100% agree with you. I feel exactly the same way. I was so pleasantly surprised by this movie. Again, I don't really give a shit about Batman. And watching it, I was like so enthralled. And I was like, oh, I'm kind of upset. Like, I'm so engaged. Like, this is insane. Yeah. Um, the the big cinematography thing... was really good for it. Like, the soundtrack was really good. It felt, Batman felt like a piece of shit kid where, like, he had all of this wealth. But in every other iteration of Batman, we are, like, showing that wealth where it's like, oh, my God, I'm just going to give a million dollars here and I'm going to do this. And, oh, well, I'm going to buy out this company. Like, literally, that's his whole thing is, like, using his wealth in those sorts of ways. But in this one, he is literally broken because he can't reconcile his family legacy or what 
happened or like you know the the murder of his parents and he is just fucking broken and he like is dirty and he's gross and he doesn't want to be seen he doesn't want to be perceived when he doesn't even refer to himself as batman he's like i'm vengeance like he never once says i'm batman he says i'm vengeance right and it's really really interesting it's also the first time any of his choice any of batman as a character choices have ever made sense like i was just saying this as we were wrapping up the last one everything that batman stands for this like constant redemptive immaturity that's based solely in ego the rich affluent um privileged kid with gadgets like everything that he is and does and has always done makes sense if this character is 24 years old I'm like, if this is a 24-year-old yeah. man who is like a few years into his adulthood and his reconciling with all this stuff has way too much money and wants to play a uh, civilian vigilante, that makes sense. It works because he's still so young and naive and doesn't understand the machinations of what the society is, what happens, and also doesn't recognize his own privilege within that. Yeah, and I feel like every other Batman that we've gotten has been like holier than now because he has wealth and because he is like the moral epitome of what you should do in every situation. And, and it's like some 40 year old and I'm like, what? Yeah. Why is he doing this? Like not to say that age is necessarily indicative of maturity. No, not at all. But it just makes more sense coming from a young person who is still very clearly trying to figure things out on top of being orphaned and like having raised themselves. I mean, obviously like don't give him too much credit. Like, he is a, like the richest man in the city. Right. <laughs> but it makes sense. It makes so much more sense coming from and like him being this like kind of emo kid, like rubbing the black on his eyes and we're watching him do this in like a bathroom and he's just like this brooding, like just like a messy little kid. I'm like, yeah, that's Batman. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Why he's and, this like little guy. And it makes sense why he doesn't use his wealth to help people in direct ways right why he's like um to me like this whole like because he doesn't know he killed his parents like we don't really get into that very much in the other ones he's like healed or whatever but like in this it felt like oh okay this is why he's going for small time crooks like this is why he doesn't understand that he can literally move mountains with his wealth right he can't see past his own trauma right now so he's going after anybody that he thinks that could like he's just going to save whoever or you know because nothing matters death doesn't matter to him right and every iteration of Batman 2 I feel like whenever somebody comes to him and they're like what's your deal like you don't get like I'm trying to do something like the whole like don't kill them you're not any better than them it's like you don't get it like you don't know my life I've gone through shit and my shit's fucked up and I'm finally having the time to like redeem that and I'm trying to make myself better so fuck you like whatever it makes so it's like talking to <laughs> not again not to be like ageist or whatever but it's like talking to like a 19 20 year old and you're like it gets really hard it's like no but like everything's great and like don't even worry like it's a good it's gonna be good and you're like Yes, I love it, and I love the energy. <laughs> and it might be, and that's true, and you could be correct for you, maybe. But uh, it is hard. Life is going to get really hard for you, mm-hmm. probably. So, and they're like, "No, I don't think that's true." And it's like, and it's like, it's you're talking to a kid. You're talking to somebody who does not have life experience or <laughs> like a lived 
a lived real adulthood. And I was just, I just, I'm so impressed and by that. And it's like, also, he's trying to control others through fear because fear has controlled him. And that's what he, that's all he thinks. That's all he knows, right? Like, yeah, like to me, all of this work, like he thinks that he's a man now because he doesn't fear his own death when like, that's not what fear is. That's not what like, that doesn't mean that you're invincible right and that doesn't serve or help anybody all you're going to do is get yourself and the people that you care about hurt and we see that we see almost every decision he makes is bad yes <laughs> and is wrong right and even like the way that he reacts to selena and her girlfriend in that whole situation i fucking hate it but i but it but makes I sense get it it because, makes like, sense for the character he's so like woman blamey right like he's so oh, well, your friend should have known not to be there. Like, And then he's like, oh, well, you and Falcone have a relationship. What, what the fuck you didn't tell me, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, and I love that she's just like, you're a boy. I don't need to explain myself to you. And she doesn't. Like, she she only calls him when she needs him and when she needs something from him. Not because she can't do something. Not because, like, she needs his help or whatever. But she calls him. I mean, she does need his help. Or she, like, he's a part of this. So she's like, hey, you, come over here now. I'm ready. I need you. But yeah. it's not like she can't do anything without him. She, like comes up with like the dude that killed her girlfriend and she's like yo look i got him and like no questions asked because obviously she can do this because she is so like she's so hot and she's so capable and she's so cool but yeah i like the the women blame me part of it i was like i hate this but he's like a 20 year old dude that has not had any like interaction ever with anybody so literally fine. And, and, like he's so is... he's so unstable he's so unstable like literally so unstable. Spray painting on the floor. Like, you know, this is serial killer shit. This is kid shit. shit. This, this is, is kid serial shit. killer shit. He's obsessed yeah. with his dad and not his mom, but he's obsessed with his dad in this way that is like so unhealthy. Can't even go in the rooms. Like they have not been touched ever. He doesn't sleep. He's calling himself vengeance. He insists on being alone. Like, oh my God. Like It makes this, so much more this sense. Batman. This is yeah. Batman. And that's the thing. And that's the crux of it is like, this is the idea that like, oh, Batman is just like the 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 incentivized like heightened heroic aspect of Batman being like the bringer of justice and blah blah blah. It's like that's not coming from a place of strength. That's coming from a place of lack of a foundation. It's coming from a place of severe insecurity. It's not I'm gonna do good. It's like, no, this is this is a twenty three year old in the midst of a crisis. That's mm -hmm. who Batman is. Suddenly jumping to this kind of vigilanteism with the only thing he has, which is money and access. That's literally it. That's all oh, and, I just I was obsessed. <laughs> I and am he obsessed. like his wealth is not at all like I mean, like sure his how he looks like he lives in a gothic church, but other than that, we don't really see his wealth like ever. He's not like, oh, look at my brand new Batmobile or this or that. Like, he's, it's just kind of like unsensationalized. And I like that. These are just tools that he has, but it's not showing off the tools, you know? And I also really like that it's not like he's just going to put this in a computer and that's going to run the thing. Like, he's actually like detecting. He's actually like trying to solve this cipher and then being around and being smart which is really cool because i feel and like i've never fucking seen batman do that you've never seen batman be smart like he's actually if he's one thing it's he's intelligent 
to some degree, right? Like he can beat people up, sure, but in these spaces where like these cops are literally useless, he's there, and suddenly it's like, what does that code mean? He's like, it means this, and they're like, how do you know that? He's like, because that's the cipher. That's like what it means. Um, great, I got what I needed. Thanks. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go try to find him. You guys aren't going to, and I know that. Great, I'm out. Um, I some audible laughs, thumb drive. Yes, that was Riddler. Hilarious. You're so funny. Also, okay, <laughs> I will say Riddler's appearance in that first scene, terrifying, so scary, <gasps> so scary, so he fucking did such scary. Such a good job. Holy Paul shit. Paul Dano was great. I have a couple whatever, later. I like just that whole sequence when he's like in the room and finally sees Batman. I was like. I really wanted more. I thought he was going to be scarier and he wasn't like as scary as I want to be. But that's just whatever. Cause I think Paul Dano's terrifying and like can be very terrifying. But, um, I didn't think I was going to like the Zodiac esque Riddler thing, especially post Jim Carrey. Cause Jim Carrey's like, wow, the, de- whoa, whoa, whoa. the definitive Riddler. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> so in my head, I'm like, Oh, they're just making the Riddler, the Zodiac, which I guess makes sense. Uh, like base level, like the Zodiac killer was kind of like the Riddler. Like he would lead, lead all yeah. these cryptic things. Like that kind of is just what he was. So and it's yeah, it's really cool because like I also liked that like they tied him into like those message forums and stuff like that, kind of like a Q esque type thing or like actual domestic terrorism. Literally, and just alt right pipelines of like absolutely violent instigation and access that is largely based in like incel we're othered. Nobody yes. loves us. Nobody wants us. Which to him, again, good villain. There's validation. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and the thing that I really love about this and that I think is like probably one of the biggest subtle critique, the biggest subtle critiques. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, one of the biggest <laughs> yeah. subtle critiques is that he really thinks that he's doing the right thing, which to like, which to a degree, like we know, we know that this is, you know, but like he thinks that he's like Batman. He was inspired by Batman to commit these acts of violence and to do it in this way, in such a showy way. And I think that, I mean, obviously this Batman doesn't really think about the fact that he he's the one that inspired all of this violence. And, you know, maybe he should rethink that, you know, his choices and why he's doing this, right? Maybe he should fucking shut down renewal. We don't see anything happen about that. There's not even a, like, a resolve of that. But, like, his family legacy is literally upholding these power structures. But at the end of the day, he inspired the Riddler and all of these people, all of these domestic terrorists, they are inspired by Batman and think they're doing the right thing for the right reasons and are empowered by him. Which again is just so wild, like and to I think about. I don't want to get like too crazy here. Apart from the last thing that the Riddler did, I kind of agree with literally every choice he made. Oh because, yeah, like because it's true. Like he's just saying, like literally everything's fucked. The system is like stacked. There is no mayor. It's the people with money and the people with power. And those people are these people. I'm gonna get them out of the way. I'm gonna be the the unmitigated the unattached uh arbiter of a cleanse i'm gonna be that person and i'm like oh yeah i mean (laughs) and to do it in such a theatric way like that's the only way it's going to get that notoriety right so then he was doing the live streaming and he was doing this and i was like 
wow like holy it's shit it's a good like, character and i mean apart from really obviously good. like the flooding and killing random people where i'm like wait isn't that besides the point like now it's just chaos now it's too right. far like now that doesn't make sense yeah now you're going against your own ethics as far as like helping these people because that's ultimately what you're trying to do is like obviously instigate fear and power and it's like from this evil place but he had a lot of right points and but it was focused violence right and that's what he learned from batman and then all of yeah. a sudden it's not focused and it's just chaos and that's when he loses it yeah uh, he was he was terrifying and he he, he played that character so fucking well yeah it was also just like what if what if jigsaw was the zodiac killer with like these like head pieces that were like blow up and these like contraptions that he would like attach to these politicians i was like this is like pretty cool yeah it was it was really interesting i i really again i really liked that didn't expect it but i really liked it you know um you know something that I did not need from this? Huh. I did not need the Joker. Well, was it Two-Face or was it the Joker? No, it was the Joker. It was? It was. There's also a deleted scene that you can look up online because in order to solve some of the ciphers from the Riddler, there's a deleted scene where Batman goes to Arkham Asylum and asks for the Joker's advice and his help. Um. It is not good. I did not like it. And I'm very fucking glad it got cut. And I wish that they cut him at the end. Yeah. It seemed so out of place. Because to me, I thought it was Two-Face. And I was like, okay, so you're going to introduce Two-Face into this this canon of Batman. Got it. Uh, and he looks so cartoony. Like, where he, everything else does not. Like, I'm yeah. going to... Okay, I'm going to find it and I'm going to send it to you. I do want to see it now. Um, Fun little fact... Do so you know the guys who were um the twins who were the guards of the club? Uh who were they? So they were actual twins in real life, Max Carver and Charlie Carver. And we've seen Charlie Carver before. Have we? Um he played cowboy in Boys in the Band. <gasps> he was the prize. Really? He was like the little gay, yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Now I recognize him. Yes, absolutely. That's so So, cute. So Charlie and Max are actual twins in real life. Charlie is gay. I don't think Max is. And Charlie Carver was in Boys in the Band and played Cowboy. Which I thought was, because I was like, I recognize this guy. Yeah. That's, and which I was like, oh, that's cute. Like what a fun little, little nod. What a a throwback for us. Also, fun little fact, uh, based on something we've like seen before, um, Matt Reeves is the director of this, right? Mm-hmm. He also directed the Planet of the Apes movie that we watched. Yes. And he also directed Let Me In. Oh, no. Which is interesting because when we were talking about Planet of the Apes, we were like, that was bad and oof, rough stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But this is like really good. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, it's just, it's interesting to see because like I get it, but it's just, it's nice to see like an, another end of the spectrum of his talent uh, where okay, like this was very good versus something that was less than good. Um, Yeah, that's wild. I just wanted to bring it up as like a, just as a general because we've covered. I mean, it was probably because of like the writer, right? Whoever wrote the script. I'm assuming so, right? Like, well, he wrote, okay. So he also wrote it, but there's another writer on it too. Oh, gotcha. I'm like talking about the transition, or but like, what a 
what a transition. Wow. Like what a transition. Learning and growing. Also, That's great. Yeah. He also yeah. did Cloverfield. The first Cloverfield was his as well. Okay. I And I, that was d- good. I liked that. Yeah. Same. I mean, to make somebody like Batman, who we both have talked at length about on this podcast, <laughs> um, to take somebody like Batman and make him relatable or like more likable than in past versions, right? Like Batman's whole crux is that he is obsessed with this idea that his dad was a paragon of good, right? Yeah. And then in this movie... And like he doesn't understand why this random thing happened or who did it. And he's just kind of obsessed with this notion. Right. And in the film, we're literally seeing him like have like very concrete, contradictory information as to like that information. Right. And how he responds to that. So like the first time he comes up against that is when Falcone like sees him and he's like, hey, your dad saved my life. Like where he's like, oh, well, he knew I couldn't go to a hospital because I'm a criminal. So he operated on the kitchen table, which like, hell yeah, cool. We as a pod love that. Right. Like that's a great choice. Um, But then like Bruce Wayne is like, well, my dad took a Hippocratic oath then because he shouldn't have helped you, which is not how medicine works and which is very, um, It's very the response bad. of a child. It's <laughs> right. also the response of a child. Like, and it makes sense where I'm like, yeah, you are like yes. 24. Like, of course, that's you. <laughs> Batman, and, that is you. And I think it's also really interesting because in this, in, in this film, like, Usually we know nothing about Martha Wayne, right? Like, I mean, never do we, we don't really talk about her in this movie other than to say that she was, you know, mentally ill and had been committed a few times, right? And he doesn't really care about mom, it's it's dad. But like, I like the idea that the way that she was an Arkham and, and I think that that's actually canon and I just never knew that before. But like, so these two fam, like, you know, two of the richest families that have been shaping Gotham for forever became this like mega family of like okay now this is us this is who we are but like I like that even his that his dad is also fallible where we got that information early on where it's like he helped this criminal even though like he was a criminal right and he knew that he couldn't go to a hospital or he'd be arrested or whatever like he did it because this is the right thing to do and everybody like you know and so great awesome But then this reporter is going to leak information about how his wife was committed, you know, a few times and, you know, kind of calling into question, like, you know, her her mental ability. And he's so worried about his wife and how she's going to react to this that he goes to Falcone and says, like, hey, I you you know, I did this for you. I need your help. I just need you to talk to this person to make sure that he doesn't do this. And Falcone you know, of course the reporter's not going to drop it and Falcone kills him. And like, he was so distraught that he was going to go to the police. Him and him and Martha were going to turn themselves in. And that's when they got shot. It was when they were on the way to the police station because he could not believe that he had a hand in this. And this, like, he could not reconcile that fact. Like, I, so the dad couldn't reconcile that and that killed him. And now he's here and he can't reconcile the fact that his his dad died and he doesn't know who did it. And there's maybe like we as the audience don't know who it is either. And so if he doesn't let that go, it's going to destroy him. Like that is so cool. It is great because then we're also getting that exact same story or close to it with Catwoman, right? 
yeah. with Selena because she's having this whole conversation about like her and her mom and how Falcone's like her literal dad <laughs> and mm-hmm. she's in process of like trying to find all this stuff but ultimately trying to seek revenge because she's like I want to see the motherfucker get taken down I don't want this man running he is my dad he is the worst person in the world I'm going to destroy him and I'm going to do everything that I can he killed my girlfriend what else and then we find out that he killed her mom and he you killed know, her while mom he's literally too. strangling her to death he's like your mom made me do it too yeah and he's, like, he's just oh a monster God. and yeah. i just i like all of the twist too because then even like right after that scene i love i love i love the twist and that's not a twist but like when they pull falcone out and then riddler shoots him from like a window lee harvey oswald style yeah and then he's like, I thought you were playing along with me. I thought you got it. I told you bring him out into the light and I'll take care of it. And they did. And you're like, this is cool. Ooh. It's really so cool. Um, so I like this one. And I will go out on a limb and say this is maybe my favorite Batman movie that I've seen. Because it did. We I feel like we got two ends of the spectrum. Early Batman is just silly spandex cartoon and i do want to touch on um eartha kit a little bit at least just in the vein of catwoman if we're talking about her um early batman cartoonish spandex silly romp into it and then as we like graduate into 80s 90s batman it's still cartoonish but it's more realized cartoon and then we go polar opposite if we're looking at cinema alone and not the cartoons polar opposite with batman begins how do we mm-hmm. bring the most cartoonish thing into the real world and make Batman a real person in the present day world? Like, how do we right. do that? And that's what we saw was like real world Batman, dark reality, whatever. The most unimpressive Batmobile. I was yeah. so mad. I yeah. mean, I will, I will stand by. I think Dark Knight, for as much of a weird, cultish, nasty, whatever, it has sprouted amongst uh cis white men um it's still very good because heath ledger (laughs) heath ledger is like i know it's been done to death but literally still such a astonishing performance um outside of that swung all the way over there real kind of like okay whatever this is like the balancing of the two it feels well, like there is the cartoonish elements, there's the silliness, there's the whatever, but it still seems to exist in a semi-real world. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's not like overt present, it's happening now, and it's not like Tim Burton's cartoony Wonderland. It is, a, it is an amalgam of the two in, in a way that works on both ends of the spectrum. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's a little bit zany, but like it does feel very much like it's, you know, in the real world in terms of like the look, the feel, the costumes, even um, the the way that Bruce Wayne is like he is just rich. And that's like a, that's not his whole personality trait. Right. Like it's not like he has this big underground cave or something like that. Like that doesn't exist. I mean, that's not here. Right. He has he well he does have grand central station <laughs> oh my like, god that's tr- like oh his 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 like hangout spot is an abandoned grand central station underneath wayne tower which is you know is, is i still, mean but that's get, not the get, yeah the <laughs> the other bat cave right <laughs> yes that's not the one from um the last film right yeah. so like that that's more more plausible right but <laughs> he doesn't have like a team of people and he doesn't no. he's just got like a couple of things like 
to me that it feels more real, even in a way that like the other one didn't. Whereas like uh, uh, The Dark Knight, right, where we have a uh, completely cartoony zany and then we have let's take this and put this in the real world. But like it's so dark and so, so showy that like to me yeah. that feels like the opposite instead of zany. It's like it's just ultra dark but it's still fiction and this one feels more grounded in the real i guess yeah for those reasons that's what it seems like um i do like also um some of the lines too like um the actor who played gordon my goodness Um, oh i love him same i actually really liked gordon a cab, but like Gordon was cool in this. There was definitely uh, that not all cops <laughs> moment at the end when like Falcone got out, and I was like, oh, God. Which I hate it. I hate yeah, that rhetoric. That's that was so, the worst part of the movie. It really was. But there was but, some other rhetoric. Like, like one of the lines was Gordon says something like, Oh, you make it sound like he had it coming. And Batman's like, He was a cop. He crossed a line. Like, he had yeah. it coming. That's the deal. Like, he was a cop and he did this bad thing. What else do we say? <laughs> Yeah, I, I really liked Gordon. I just love the actor so much. He's so great on Westworld. I've never seen Westworld. Oh, okay. I Eric and I literally season talked one about is it. very like, good. We talked about it like yesterday, and he's like, "Do you want to start watching that?" I'm like, "Yeah." So I think we're gonna actually start watching it okay. very soon, but officially gets, have not seen it. It gets wild, but some of the actors and the performances in there are fucking incredible. Are great. Um, okay. but anyways. I also really liked how it always felt like there were cops everywhere just watching everybody, especially in that, like, it never let you forget that cops are around, right, ever. Um, Especially in the scene where Batman is arrested and there's just, like, because, like, in any scene, there's, like, it's the mayor was killed, right? So there's, like, 150 cops in this room, right? And then, like, at the funeral, there's 150 cops here. And then in the police building, there's about 600 cops, I'm pretty sure, that are all actively chasing Batman. And Running that up the was stairs, running down the hall. Horrifying yeah. and really fucking like a cool sequence, I thought. It's a good touch because it does, and I mean this in the most disrespectful way possible, it makes it look like the city is infested with rats, which is literally mm-hmm. part of the theme that everything about this institution is corrupt. It is infested. And so when we're looking at all of these cops, it literally looks like an infestation of cops. Like even when Batman goes into the Riddler's apartment to like chase him because he sees him, he goes to that window. He's at the window and suddenly the entire screen is filled to the brim with like 25 cops all looking at Batman at the window. And Batman turns around and walks right through them. And they're like, what happened? What's going on? And it's like. There, you're so right. I have not, I did not put this together. But anytime there's a single cop, it's not one, it's like 30. It's always constant, too many, so many overrunning every scene possible. And they're absolutely incapable of doing anything, right? Like, none of them do anything. How many times (laughs) when Batman shows up to a thing, he's like, oh, uh, he lies still. That's the cipher. That's he just fucking got there. Right. Or uh, the only thing the cops do are tell him why he shouldn't be there. Like he's not allowed to do that. Why is he here? Why? Who's. And then he he finds like the most like critical piece of evidence in the entire thing within like two minutes. And meanwhile, the 150 cops that are here didn't even think to look in the bat cage. You know what I mean? Literally. Um, So, yeah, I, I thought it was just so 
I thought it was just really smart and really good. And it yeah, was. I didn't even put together like that. Like it was like an infestation of rats, but like, oh, you're so, you're so smart. It, and that's but, so but, right. Because it, it like literally, and there were these like bigger shots too. when like, it's just like a sea of cops and they just look like rats running around the city. And you're like, oh, fuck. Like there is <laughs> no hope here, huh? Like this is just absolutely hopeless. Like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And I love that they just showed them all hanging out at the club that they're with all of the criminals and all of the people that they put away, you know, doing the thing that they put people away for. Like, I feel like every part of this was just really smart and really intentional. I, I do think that maybe the only other thing that was missing, I don't know. No, I don't think so. Cause I think Selena really did like, I don't know. I could have used a little bit more of like her caring about her girlfriend. Very Like she obviously very much that was her motivation in like almost every scene, right? Was like if Annika is mentioned, boom, I'm over here. But like um, she was a little bit more put together than I expected. I yeah. Guess. And I understand to me it did feel very much like she's gone through this before. Like she's not yeah, unfamiliar true. with this kind of deep trauma she's not unfamiliar with sudden death she's she's like she was raised in it essentially right that's <clears throat> so her seeing it like when she opens that bag and like Annika's body is like in the car mm. obviously it's the moment of complete devastation but then suddenly she's being shot she's like I have to go I'll process this later fuck and I mean granted it fuels her to literally attempt to kill her dad which true hey, you know but I, well, I agree. If we had more scenes with her, at least one more, maybe another I moment mean, where she was kind like of opens, fridged, right? Yeah. <laughs> I do like though that she. You're right. Like I'm sure that that's like a defense mechanism, and that's like okay. Well, this is where we're at. This is I have to keep moving, or else I'm gonna die, which is very true um, for her and her situation, right? Um, even like in the moments where like. I liked when she went down to like 44 below right and like if she even just like looked at somebody for more than 0.5 seconds it's like of course they're going to talk to you of course they're going to think that this is an invitation like that is again as a woman just very true um and like when she starts talking to the attorney general and then like he like follows her out and he's like hey do you want to ride and even though sure that would be great and she doesn't really have or want to spend the money she's like no i'm okay i'm going to i'm going to do this and if she had gone in that car with him she would have died too like where like she doesn't allow men to push themselves onto her even if they take like they won't take no for an answer or whatever she just finds a way to side skirt that and that's how she's stayed alive all this time you know also just the conversation with her and batman when it's like no go back and look at him she's like you don't understand my history with this person yeah. if i look back that's a whole nother fucking night of problems for me i can't he's like i need to get his id Fuck. And then she switched it on immediately. Uh, She's like, yeah. "Hey, babe, like the that she knows that how to switch do it. is really good." Um, since we're talking about her, there's something did come up recently that I at least want to like talk about with Zoe Kravitz. Um, it wasn't like brought up in a cute like she had said something about the slap at the Oscars, and so a bunch of people like brought stuff out about her. It was a video of her talking about Jaden Smith when he was very clearly like 14 or 15. Um, talking about like how hot he was and she's like oh what is he doing later kind of like 
a little predatory, Ew. a little groomy, a little. In the same way that people were doing that to um, Mary Kate and Ashley. <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah. She was talking about him in this uh, really like just nasty way. And it was one of the things that came up. And so part of it was like people were talking about her as like, yeah, it's just, it's it, like she said it. It's true. There's video. It's a po- it, like it is something that happened. Um, but I just thought I'd bring that up. Because I do generally love her. But then I saw that. I was like, oh, no, that's gross. Like, don't do that. Like, he's a kid. Stop sexualizing children. Like, ugh, nasty. Yeah. But either way, she was good in this movie. Um, I still, I still hard prefer uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Because to me, like, that is just such an iconic performance. I think everything about it is so good and perfect for a cat woman being like the sexual sexual person. I love that uh Catwoman has a girlfriend in this. I love that she's still like hot sexy motorcycle babe. That's dope. I do like that she's more just like no literally fuck everybody. Fuck all of these people like harder than Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if I need give... to really compare them. Okay. Like cuz I I think I mean and I and that's something that I'm trying not to do is just like, you know, whatever. There's two women <laughs> in a role, like yeah. who did this better? I don't know that I need to do that because these are very different. They're different um, cat women. They're different cat women, and I think I can yeah. say like I I prefer this one, like or not even just like saying like oh this one's bad or oh like this one no. is better, but like yeah. uh, so it's not this one is better. It's like for me and my taste. I really like the uh, Michelle Pfeiffer one. That one hits better for me because, you know, uh, that was probably a sexually awakening for me that I never (laughs) realized. (laughs) And also, um, and I don't know, there's there's just something so iconic and uh, nostalgic about that for me. Um, But I do think that this was a very good portrayal of Catwoman. Same. Yeah, Yeah. I, I fully agree. And I do, I loved her... Her dynamics with Batman himself, like the way that she's like, no, I'm going to fucking kill him. He's like, don't. And she's like, watch me. Like, you can't control me. She yeah, takes she, him off the roof. Like, you are you going to? Because to me, it also, she was very clearly like, I don't need your help, Batman. Okay, maybe I do. Who Fucking who cares? I don't know. Well, let's figure it out. I, I'm going to just get what I need from you and then I'm going to go. I don't owe you anything. I don't care about you. I care about my girlfriend and I care about me. So like, let me figure this out. I love that she's so consistent in that. And it plays into that dynamic of like, it's not a will they, won't they? It's a, are they or are they not friends? Right? Like the whole time where it's like, okay. So they're like, they're kind of ribbing each other, like kind of compatible. They're a little flirty, but in like a platonic way. Cool. And then suddenly she's like, fuck you. No. And you're like, okay. So I, I just, I love the dynamic of it. Yeah. It worked really well for me with these two specifically. Yeah, I think it was great. All right, so we are back. We're back. From Gotham. From Gotham. We got our round trip ticket and now we're back here in California. Hey, we just went to Gotham. Uh. Hey. So, Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. Um, who was this for? Batman Returns was for, I mean, it's it's for it's literally just for Tim Burton. Like, Tim Burton <laughs> will make any movie. 
Tim Burton-esque. I mean, that's his whole thing. That's the flair. He's so particular. Um, it's it's just a, it's a Tim Burton movie. Uh, I, I mean, accompanied by Danny Elfman's signature. Like it's just it's it's that over and over again every Tim Burton movie. So 100, it was for his catalog. Didn't this also change the way people perceived what's his name, Michael Keaton? Wasn't um, wasn't there a big thing I where mean, like they were like really in it? So like I don't know how this could change anybody's perspective on him. But when they said that he was going to be Batman, people were like, "What the fuck, Michael Keaton? Are you sure? Ew, why him?" Like oh, I maybe. feel like it, I don't like, know. I don't know. I heard that somewhere and I don't remember where. So maybe I shouldn't even say it. But yes, Tim Burton. Um, who do you think it was for? I think that this was for Michelle Pfeiffer. Fuck. Uh, this is Michelle Pfeiffer's movie. You um, are everybody correct. else is inconsequential here. It's her movie. Like it's Michelle I, Pfeiffer's I don't care world, what anybody says. And we're it's, just living in it. And that's it. That's it's it's hers. Yeah. You're right. A hundred percent. That is the correct answer. <laughs> Did you like it? I did. I think it's fun. I think it's like, it's a goofy little romp. It's inconsequential. It's also a Christmas movie. Um, Merry mm-hmm. Christmas. So it's like a fun little thing to throw in during the holiday season. Um, yeah. Yeah. I liked it. Did you like it? Yeah. I liked it a lot more than I thought I did or that I would. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's all thanks to Michelle Pfeiffer. So yeah. um, you go, girl. Congrats, girl. girl. Power. Go mm-hmm. piss, girl. um okay how about the new one um was it new interesting or the same progressive regressive where are you what you thinking i mean i think it was new and interesting just in the way that i feel like it got batman right uh just in age alone like it just makes sense. This Batman makes sense. And I know Robert Pattinson isn't 24, but he's playing an early 20s and it worked so well. So I think it was new and interesting for that. I like what it had to say about um, a corrupt institution in a way that a lot of the other ones allude to, but it's never like the entire batch. It's always just like a couple bad eggs. Um, and this one, it's the entire hive. And I'm like, yeah, burn it down into it. Um, I thought it was progressive for those same for that same reason yeah i don't know how did you feel what did you think i never thought that i would say that a batman is new interesting and progressive yeah but it is (laughs) all three of those things especially coming from you like that that's like i think big i know because most batman shit is just batman it's like okay it's batman yeah and i didn't think that i could really see a new take on batman especially after like the dark knight right that just kind of became like this the dark shitty brooding um serious film but like this one is in a way that every other batman is sensationalized whether it is the violence, whether it is the, um, which we didn't even talk about the, the coolest fight scene where it's like Batman is like, it's a dark hallway and like the <gasps> only light is from the guns. We didn't even talk about that. It was so fucking cool. Oh my um, God. That was iconic. That, that was, was so cool. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. But like where everything else has like just a cartoonish amount of brooding or, uh, zaniness or like you know one-liners or you know um the batcopter or you know like just in any sort of the way or like just like oh crazy amount of money oh my god like like uh justice league or not justice league 
Uh, is it Justice League? I think so. The one that just... Yeah, the one that... The, like the five-hour one? The five-hour, yeah, where like yeah. Batman literally just like buys the company and is like, yeah, it's okay, you got this. And it's yeah. like his superpower is just being rich. Like, yeah, this doesn't feel like that. Nothing, none of that is sensationalized. And we're kind of stripped down to like the core of like Batman as a broken young man and um, like in a broken city... And also like the music and like the cinematography and everything. It's the music so much like quieter and like kind of like droney, right? Like it, like even opening on that Nirvana song just makes it feel like, well, it's just another day in this cold, dark city. Like, you know, nothing's yeah. going to change. Nothing ever will. Right. And it closes on that song too, kind of like making it, uh, making everything come full circle. And then even the cinematography too, just, I feel like it gave so much space to gotham and to like just the world where like you know generally it's just like kind of like tight cut and it's like you know there's like not these beautiful shots of like batman um leading people through the flooding water as like the cop siren like or the the cop lights you know flash red it and blue like, pretty cool it was really pretty um who do you think this was for um me it was for me. Uh, Change it, your opinion on Batman. Yeah, it was for me in the in the Batman redemptive arc of Eric's uh, opinion of the in- entire IP. Um, I'm not to say that I'm a Batman fan now, but I feel like <clears throat> my voice is really going. It has a really sequel going. coming out, so I, 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 I'm gonna, and I'm going to watch it because I like Batman is so boring to me as an idea and i know that jake's probably gonna listen to this and he's gonna be like fuck you you're wrong and i get it and jake i love you and i know that (laughs) but to me batman is boring and this is the first time we're like oh the character makes sense the motive makes sense these things make sense i'm invested like this is a real person who i can see like he's still rich he's still privileged but everything about it makes sense now in this telling of it. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, it got me. I'm not a Batman fan, but I'm definitely more open to the idea, especially after this one. So I'm going to say me. Who do you think it was for? It was for you, Eric. It was. Thank you. I never thought that I would hear you say that you've really enjoyed a Batman film. I like and have positive things to say about it analytically. That's that's impressive. It's all for me, Janet Jackson style. All for you. If you really (laughs) want it. Uh, Did you like it? I did. I thought it was great. Um, I I, okay. So I won't say it's like fantastic. Like it's like amazing. But it was it was really good. Like I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was. I thought all the the casting like everyone acted well like Colin Farrell I'm so taken aback that that was him um it was a good story like I yeah I like I really liked it what do you how do you feel did you like it I did too and I think maybe part of the reason why I really really liked it is because in the age right now where we're so tired of superhero stories and it is the same formula and like for both DC and Marvel and there's not a lot of variety and like tone this feels just so different and so unsensational where everything yeah. else is like oh my god the world is going to end like it's I liked it it felt like yeah. a hug yeah it- right <laughs> oh cool this is a good movie yeah 
anyways uh thank you guys so much for listening uh we really appreciate it we love you so much and um we liked yeah, a batman movie y'all we liked a batman movie and we did a batman episode look at us um thank Great. you again also for listening and please do not forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts um follow us on our social media platforms i am gonna start getting wild on there i swear so please follow to go like me being cute because if you don't i'll be sad uh eric did just post probably the best tiktok of all time um uh, and you have to about, go watch it to find out mm. yeah oh my gosh but wow. this is also coming out in like four weeks or something so i, know. <laughs> I so today i did but when this comes out it'll be very old <laughs> um our artwork and music is by Eric Lefebvre. That's Editing me. is by Danny Barkley. And thank you again for listening. And thank you, Eric. Thank you, Jess. And remember, stay cute. And stay critical. Goodbye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Nostalgia Network. Visit thenostalgianetwork.com for more. Hey everybody, I'm Eric. I'm Shelby. I'm Jake. And we are the band Lousy Advice from the Lousy Advice Podcast. Come listen as we draft artists and genre-centric best-of lists. With the help of our closest friends. These lists are canon. And there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. From misfits to share. Green Day to Gaga or Pup to Paramore. Listen to the Lousy Advice podcast now or else. Stream us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Nostalgia Network or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget that we are the band Lousy Advice and this is our podcast, the Lousy Advice podcast. The Lousy Advice podcast? The Lousy Advice podcast. Podcast. podcast.